Friends, it's a joy to celebrate Good Friday with you. No matter where you are or what circumstances you find yourself in, you and I have much to be thankful for. And today, in particular, we give thanks to our good God who gave to us on Good Friday. Beloved, we are so prone to forget God's goodness, to even doubt it. In fact, disbelief in God's generosity has infected our hearts since the garden. It was Eve who, deceived by the serpent, no longer believed in the abundance of her creator. God, in her mind, became close-fisted instead of open-handed. And she fell. The Israelites, after God delivered them from their cruel slavery in Egypt, forgot that God was the God of love. And they grumbled for food and water. They even longed to return to Egypt, even though God had prepared a special place for them. A land flowing with milk and honey. And they fell. You and I, whether we have plenty or have need, so often want more. We fixate on what we do not have instead of what God has given to us. And our skepticism of God's generosity leads us to sin, to greed, theft, idolatry, and finally, to defection. Beloved, we must remember, we must fight with all our being to believe that God is good and that he will give us everything we need. If you are facing financial fears, if you are beset by bodily infirmity, if you are blessed by God, you must remember this. The God who gave will always give. And what did God give? Today on Good Friday, we remember the greatest gift of God, his beloved son. And God gave his son to die for us, to pay the penalty for our sins, to absorb his holy and righteous anger against our wickedness so that he might give us eternal life. And God didn't give his son for someone special. No, God sent his son to save spectacular sinners. That's you and me. You see, we rejected God. We wanted nothing to do with him. We rebel against his word. We exchange his glory for our idols. That's who we are. And yet God still gave to us. And why would God do that? I mean, I like to give gifts to my wife because I think she's pretty special. And she is. She's an amazing woman. 
But here's the amazing thing. That God gave his son, his beloved son, for a wretched rebel. The Apostle Paul said this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. What Paul is saying is that Jesus came to this world to save a sinner like me and I am the worst sinner that I know. Perhaps you can sympathize with that. I know when I consider my sin and, and see how wicked my heart really is, I think I must be the worst person out there. But Jesus came to save a sinner like me. Why, I wonder? Did God make a mistake? And here's the answer. God gave his son because he is a giving God. It is in his nature to give. And he gives because he is the God of love. Did you know that even before creation, God gave? Consider how God gave in eternity past. In Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 5, Paul said this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. When did God do this? Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Before the foundation of the world, God determined to make mankind, and he set apart those whom he would adopt as his children. And Paul says that he, that is God, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means that if you are a child of God, you are richer than you can ever imagine. Because God has given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That means that the Father determined to bless us with the same spiritual blessings that he has eternally lavished on his Son. You see, from all eternity, God has been showering fatherly blessings upon his Son. And Paul says that these are spiritual blessings, which means that the Father has always been sending his Spirit to communicate his infinite love for his beloved Son. The Spirit who is God himself, infinite in glory and power. And then, the Father determined to take those same spiritual blessings that he gave to his Son and give them to his children whom he would adopt. You see, God gave even before creation. And the God who gave will always give. Of course, then, creation itself makes sense because creation was a gift. Consider how God gave at creation. 
God created Adam and Eve and gave them life. He blessed them. And then in Genesis 1.29, God said to them, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. God gave mankind food, the whole earth. He gave them the Garden of Eden as their home. He gave mankind the gift of marriage, family, work, and the great dignity of bearing his image. And most of all, he gave them the gift of himself. Mankind was created to have intimate fellowship and relationship with the triune God. Our God is a generous God. No, no, that's, that's an understatement. He is an extravagant God. And the God who so extravagantly, extravagantly, extravagantly gave in creation will always give. Even when we sinned. Can our sin make God not generous? Can our sin prevent God from giving to us? No. For the God who gave will always give. Consider how God gave in response to our sin. When Adam and Eve were defiled in sin and ashamed of their nakedness, when they tried to foolishly cover their guilt, God still gave. In Genesis 3.21, it says that the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. He gave them the skin of an innocent animal to cover their shame. And this animal prefigured the greatest gift of all, the offspring of the woman, the Son of God who would become a man to take away our sin and shame. And lead us into the paradise that we had lost. And he would accomplish this by suffering, by dying for us. The curse of death hung over Adam's race. Death threatened to swallow us whole. But God promised that a second Adam would arise and swallow up death for us. And this Second Adam, would bring renewed blessings upon us. Blessings that we do not deserve. Can our sin stop God from giving? No. God responded to our sin by giving even more. If I can put it this way, our sin prompted God to give the greatest gift of all. His own Son. For the God who gave, both before creation and at creation and at the fall, will always give. And he will continue to give and he will never stop giving. Because he is the God of love. Consider next how God gave on Good Friday. And hear the words of John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now this verse is so dear to many of us and rightly so. But let me put it this way. This verse is soaked in blood. These words are not so much about Christmas but about the cross. These words are not so much about a baby in a manger but a bloody man upon the tree. And God gave his son for what? God gave his son to die. And not just to die a physical death, but to be separated from his father. You see, that is death in all its fullness. Separation from the love of God. The son of God would bear the wrath of God for our sins. And because he was forsaken, you and I can be forgiven. Now, why would God do that for us? Because God loved this world, this wicked world. And because he loved us, he gave. There are some of you listening who think that you have to earn God's favor. Perhaps unconsciously, unconsciously, without really thinking about it, you think that you need to work your way to God and merit his love. Or perhaps you are weighed down by the crushing guilt of your sins and you think, there is no way that God can accept me. There's no way that God could love me. I am too guilty. I'm too messed up. So you hide from Friend, I have good news for you. God loves sinners. And he gave his son to die for a sinner like you. You can never do anything to earn his favor. Because you did nothing good to compel God to love you and send his son for you. In fact, it was your sin that moved God to send his son to save you. It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But it is true. Because the true and living God is infinitely good. And because he is good, he gave his son so that you might live. What must you do then to receive this gift, this gift of eternal life? You must Believe in the Son. His name is Jesus. You must entrust your life to him. You must surrender your life to the Son of God, who not only died but rose again, conquering sin and death. Friends, we are living in troubled times. This virus has taken the life of many. But I think for more of you, you are affected not so much by the virus, but by the financial fallout of this virus. You might have lost your job, your hours might be reduced, your pay lowered or your business closed, or you might fear that these things might happen. 
you must remind yourself of the goodness of God. You must fight to believe that God loves you, that he cares for you, that he will provide for your every need. For if you lose this fight, the tempter will win just as he won in the garden. And how can you fight this fight? You must remember that the God who gave, the God who gave his own son, will always give. Consider how God will give to you. Paul in Romans 8, 31 to 32 said this. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Beloved, if God so extravagantly gave to us at the cross, you can have total confidence absolute confidence that God will provide for your every need. To doubt that is to devalue the gift of Jesus. God did not even spare his own son because he loved you. Do you doubt that God will provide for you? If your heart is filled with fear. Look to the cross and be reminded that God will care for you. Take your, your greatest fear, the thing that you fear the most, and just put it on the table. Perhaps it is financial, the loss of a job. Maybe you're afraid that you can't pay your mortgage or rent. You may be anxious about being unable to feed your family. Perhaps it is the virus itself. And you fear sickness and death. Or you might not be able to bear the thought of losing a loved one. Look at verse 39 of Romans 8. Paul said, Nothing else in all creation, that's including this virus, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God the Father loves you. And because you are united with his beloved Son, he is bound to you inseparably. Nothing in creation will be able to separate you from him. So cling to him. But know this, that he himself clings to you. He will provide for your every need. For the God who gave will always give. Or perhaps you find yourself in a position of plenty. You must not forget that it is God who provides and cares for you, not you who by your intelligence or ability or wealth provide for yourself. Friend, I end here. 
No matter who you are or where you are listening from, you must do this. Consider God's good gift on Good Friday 2,000 years ago. The gift was his own son. God gave his son to die on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. So believe in the son and you will know the God of love. This God of love is the God who gave. And this God who gave will always give. Let's pray. Father, you have given us the greatest gift of all. You have given us your Son. So fill our hearts with faith. Not fear, but faith. Let us believe in the Son. And as we believe in him, let us believe in you. For you sent the Son. Put our eyes on Jesus, we pray. Amen. May you trust in our good God this Good Friday. If you have any questions about this message or about who God is or how you might have eternal life, please contact us. We want to hear from you. Go to our, again to our website at foothillbiblechurch.org Easter. And there you can find instructions on how you can contact us. God bless.